Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. My soul is thirsty, Lord. To know you as I know. Lord, I just want to praise your name this morning. I thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you, Lord, because your faithfulness is great. Lord, there's that hymn that says, New every morning is your love. We wake up to eat this morning and we are grateful. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for this great privilege of knowing you. Uh, this great privilege to be able to call you Father. Lord, thank you. We say thank you for Jesus this morning. Thank you, Lord, because of the blood shed upon the cross of Calvary, we are able to enter, enter into the holy place this morning. Jesus, we say thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for connecting our hearts with the Father. Thank you for helping us to understand the word when we read it. We give you all the praise. Lord, we are back here again in your presence to learn at your feet, O oh God, and to be blessed in your presence. Lord, to know you more and more, better and better. We ask this morning that you will speak to us. We ask that, Lord, you will give someone an encounter. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let your name be glorified in our lives today. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, so good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone listening in this morning. Uh, I am Murphy Eye Nike sharing devotion with you. All right, we go back straight into our reading of the book of First Samuel. And just like that, okay, we are almost at the end of the book. Today, we'll be taking two more chapters, chapters 23 and 24. Remember where we, uh, we left up the story yesterday? And you know, David continued to run away, you know, uh, from Saul. Saul, however he tried, just could not get, could not get David. And I'm telling you uh, the story or everything Paul, Saul will continue to try continues in chapter 23. Chapter 23, we will see David even protect uh, the town of Kiela. And despite all of his efforts, you know, uh, the people who were willing to hand David over to Saul. And David would then pray. We'll see the lessons to learn from there. And then we'll see how Saul continues to chase David to the point where God literally, you know, puts Saul in David's hand for him to kill <laughs> For him, for David to kill him, but David would choose. Actually, David would say that he is the the Lord's anointed, that he is the king, and so that he would not touch him. 
I'm telling you, quite interesting. David's men were like, don't worry, you don't need to do it yourself. Just give us the command. One of his men said, I will strike him just once. You will not hear anything. But David says, no, uh, no one will touch the Lord's anointed and be guiltless. All right, so let's take our lessons today. First Samuel chapter 23, read along with me. One day, a news came to David that the Philistines were at Kiela, stealing grain from the threshing floors. David asked the Lord, should I go and attack them? Yes, go and save Kiela, the Lord told him. So one of the things I would want you to pay attention in this chapter is the number of times, you know, David, you know, asks God whether he should do something. So when the Bible says that God said he had found a man after his own heart, uh, this is one of the things God was talking about. David was someone, and you know, even in things where you would expect he knew exactly what to do. You know, David would still consult God, would still ask God, and which was the exact opposite of Saul, right? You know, so David would ask God, what should I do? And whatever God told him to do, he would do. Remember, Saul, I'm not sure even once did Saul carry out God's instruction, you know, uh, to the out to the letter. So here, David asks the Lord, should I go and attack them? The Lord says, yes, go and save Kiela, uh, the Lord told him. Verse 3, but David's men said, we are afraid, even here in Judah. We certainly don't want to go to Kiela to fight the old Philistine army. And I'm telling you, quite understandable, understandable, right? So these guys were now, remember the last time they had fled to Judah, okay uh, the tribe of judah naturally will protect david because he is from the tribe of judah himself okay so the men would have been feeling that they were saved at this time so when david is talking about going to kiela that means leaving okay the land of judah you know into philistine territory and his men were like no 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 we don't want to go and fight the whole army um, for most people, they would have succumbed, you know, even though they had asked God and everybody was opposing them. They would have just, okay, maybe God is not asking me to do, but not David. Verse 4 says, so David asked the Lord again, and again the Lord replied, go down to Kiela, for I will help you conquer the Philistines. Hmm. So obviously that's David's own marching command. Verse 5, so David and his men went to Kiela. They slaughtered the Philistines and took all their livestock and rescued the people of Kiela. Says now, when Abiathar, son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Kiela, he brought the ephod, ephod with him. Verse seven says Saul soon learned that David was at Kiela. Good, he exclaimed, "We've got him now." God has handed him over to me, for he has trapped himself in a world town. So I said earlier that, you know, in this chapter, pay attention to the number of times that, you know, David asked God what to do. But have you also noticed uh, the way the, that Saul just seems to invoke the name of God? <laughs> you know, how could he be saying that God was the one that has put 
that he said he said that God was we've got him now. God has handed him over to no, definitely Saul. God will never hand over David to you. Uh, be sure of that one. Verse 8 says, So Saul mobilized his entire army and marched to Kiela and besieged uh, David and his men. But David learned, okay, so they were planning to do that. So David learned of Saul's plan and told Abiata the priest to bring the ephod and asked the Lord what he should do. So this was the third time. David was asking the Lord what to do. Then David prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, I have heard that Saul is planning to come and destroy Kiela because I am here. Will the leaders of Kiela betray me to him? And will Saul actually come as I have heard? O Lord, God of Israel, please tell me. And the Lord said he will come. <laughs> so David asks, Will he come? One. Will they hand me over? God says, yeah, he will come. And David asked again, second time, will the leaders of Kiela betray me and my men to Saul? And the Lord replied, yes, they will betray you. So yes, that was David's pointer to leave. Verse 13, so David and his men, about 600 of them, um, left Kiela and be, began roaming the countryside. Uh, word soon reached Saul that David had escaped, so he didn't go to Kiela after all. After all, so you would have noticed that David's men had, re- had increased to 600, right? At the last time we read, there were 400 of them. Now there were 600. So surely David's men were increasing gradually. David was careful to not just, you know. Um, uh, put the men of Judah the, from the tribe of Judah into his men so that Saul does not see them as enemies okay so uh, these were not okay men from any of the tribe of Israel of course they would have been from some of them would have been from the tribe from different tribes but they were those who were remember those who were discontented those who were in distress those who had debt these were the people that came that came to David, really, in a sense, they had nothing to lose. Okay, so David and his men, about 600 of them, you know, uh, left, left Kiela and began to roam the countryside. And of course, we had, you know, that uh, Saul didn't bother go to Kiela again. Verse 14 says, David now stayed in the stronghold of the wilderness and in the ill country of Ziph. Saul haunted him day after day, but God didn't let Saul find him. So eventually, the reason why Saul was not able to find David, however he tried, it was futile. It was because of God. Okay? So I'm saying to somebody this morning, please factor God into into your encounters, into your life. Factor God God is fighting on your side, okay? Stop trying to scheme everything out. Stop trying to manipulate everything. And I'm not saying planning is not good. Planning is very, very good, okay? But you have to really always learn, like David here, to be able to ask God what to do, especially when the situation seems uncertain, Okay, so verse 15 says, one day, uh, one day near Oresh, David received the news that Saul was on the way to Ziph to search for him and kill him. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. 
Don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured him. My father will never find you. You are going to be, to be the king and I will be next to you as my father Saul is well aware. I don't know about you, but I actually have great respect for Jonathan. In fact, I have more respect for Jonathan than David. Just imagine, you know, uh, the kind of mental fortitude, the kind of relationship with God that this young man must have for him to be able to speak like this. For most people, you know, he's supposed to be the next king, really. Uh, in a sense, he's the one that Saul was actually fighting for in trying to kill David. In killing David, it would have been a guarantee that he would have been king. But instead, you know, he was willing to give all of that up, you know, just to be at David's side because he knew that God had chosen David to be king. And I'm telling you, I have great respect uh, for this young man. It's just quite sad, the tragedy of how he dies in the hand. Verse 19 says, But now the men of Ziph went to Saul in Gibeah and betrayed David to him. We know where David is hiding, they said. He is in the stronghold of Orash, on the hill of Aquila, which is in the southern part of Jeshemosh. So obviously this is in the land of Judah, right? Come down now. Come down whenever you are ready, O king, and we will catch him and hand him over over to you so yes they were very very sure that they would be able to catch david because they knew that david would definitely refuse to fight the men <laughs> from his own tribe verse 21 says the lord bless you so said at last someone is concerned about me Remember what I said. The way Saul just seemed to always invoke the name of God, you know, is quite ad admirable. If it is not, if it is not funny, funny and worrying, and I'm telling you, those you meet some people every time they just they they bring out this cloak of righteousness, always calling God. But if you really check deeply, you realize that they don't know God. Even though he's always saying, the Lord bless you, the Lord do this and the Lord, he did not know God. God had left him long, long ago. So then continues, go and check again to be sure of where he is staying and who he has and who has seen him there. For I know that he is a very crafty. For he, I know that he is very crafty. Discover his hiding places and come back when you are sure. Then I will go with you. And if he is in the area at all, I will track him down. If even if I have to search every hiding place in Judah. So the men of Ziph uh, returned home ahead of Saul. Meanwhile, David and his men had moved into the wilderness of Maon in the Arabah Valley, south of Jeshimon. So again, I notice how. David just always seemed to be one step ahead of Saul every time. It's as if as soon as Saul decides that this is what I'm going to do, God does lead David to do something else. So that in that way, David was always one step, yes, one step ahead of Saul every time. So yes, when they were still thinking they were going to go and check for him there, right? He had moved on 
moved on to the wilderness of Maon. Verse 25 says, When David heard that Saul and his men were searching for him, he went even further into the wilderness to the great rock, and he remained uh, there in the wilderness of Maon. But Saul kept after him in the wilderness. Verse 26, Saul and David were now on opposite side of a mountain, just as Saul and his men began to close in on David and his men. An urgent message reached Saul that the Philistines were raiding Israel again. And I'm telling you, if I was Saul, I would have been afraid by now and just give, and I would just have given up. Because it is clear that God was fighting on this guy's side, right? So now, for the first time, they were really, really, really close. They were just about to get David and just there. Saul gets the news that the Philistines are raiding Israel. So at that point, Saul has to make a decision, right? He has to make a decision between which was more important, you know, killing David or losing losing his throne. Because obviously, if the Philistines are taking the nation of Israel, they would have removed him as king. And I'm telling you, he was no fool. He knew that... Um, <laughs> Killing David could, could come later. He had to leave. And so immediately he turns around, you know, and goes. Verse 28 says, So Saul quits chasing David and returns to fight the Philistines. Ever since that time, the place where David was camped has been called the Rock of Escapes. Hmm. David then went to live in the stronghold of Engedi. All right, let's take chapter. 24. So here, I like I mentioned, uh, Paul, God puts Saul into uh, David's hands, but David spares his life. Chapter 24. After Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, can you imagine? So obviously, he judged that, look, dealing with the Philistines was more important at this time. So he goes, as soon as he, he feels that that trouble was was dealt with immediately he turns around goes after david again he was told that david had gone into the wilderness of engedi so saul chose three thousand elite troops from all israel and went to search for david and his men near the near the rocks of the wild goats remember david just asked about 600 men he comes with three thousand at the place where the road passes some sheepfold, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding further back in that very cave. Hmm. Verse 4 says, Now, now's your opportunity. David's men whispered to him, Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemies into your power to do with, to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. I don't know about you, but I'm telling you, I know of very few people who would have not taken this opportunity. Eh? The men were saying, ah, praise the Lord. God has put your enemies into your hands. And you have to learn from this, right? There are times when men will be invoking that God is the reason why something is happening. And I'm telling you, God is not there at all. David was wise. David knew that, look, um, it was in God's power to take 
Saul's life when the time comes and that it will not need to be David's place to do that. Verse 5 says, But then David's conscience began bothering him because he had caught Saul's robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this to my, to my Lord the King. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. So, in David's mind, David still sees Saul as the Lord's anointed, and it was God that chose him. Okay, so when God wants to remove him, God will remove him. Remember, God has already decided to replace. Saul with David, but God has not decided when to remove him. Okay, so when I'm sure when um, Samuel gave gave um, Saul that information that God had rejected you, and he went to anoint David. David, like I said, was 17. David did not become king until he was 30. So it was quite a a few years after before God decided to remove Saul. So David, verse 7, so David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. After Saul had left the cave and gone on his way, David came out and shouted after him, My Lord the King. And when Saul looked around, David bowed low before him. Then he shouted to Saul, Why do you listen to the people who say I am trying to harm you? Uh, this very day you can see with your own eyes it isn't true for the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave some of my men told me to kill you but I spared you for I said I will never harm the king he is the Lord's anointed one so one information we have gotten here now is that it is some people that were feeding Saul that information that David is trying to kill him and I've just been wondering who could that be. I would, my mind would go straight to Habna, the leader of of Saul's army, you know, uh, and Saul's uncle. But um, um, but that's just it. No, that should be Saul's cousin. But that is just it, really, right? You know. Um, but Saul decides to accept that without any evidence, and decides to kill this young man, without even though his own son argues. For this person, Saul decides that no, he wants to kill me, he wants to take my throne. And that is why Saul has been doing everything he has been doing. But David had proven it this time because he cut his, uh, a part of, of his robe or took his water bottle and could easily have killed him. Verse 11 says, Look, my father, at what I have in my hand, it is a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I am not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you, even though you have been haunting me to kill me. Uh, may the Lord judge between us. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As that old proverb says, from evil people come evil deeds. So you can be sure, I will never, I will never harm you. And I'm telling you, David is speaking like a very mature person here. You see, when a young man is quoting Proverbs, <laughs> as an old man, you better be afraid. David wasn't even 30 yet, yo, eh? a young man. At this time, obviously, Saul was already in his, towards his 60s. He says, who is the king of Israel, verse 14? of Israel trying to catch anyway, should he spend his time chasing one who is as worthless as a dead dog 
or a single flea. Hmm. May the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. He is my advocate and he will rescue me from your power. <laughs> so you should have been afraid. When, so, when somebody is able to quote that God is his advocate, his lawyer, you should know the in-depth relationship this person has with God. Verse 16 says, when David had finished speaking, Saul called back, is that, is that really you, my son, David? Then he began to cry. And I'm telling you, this is crocodile tears. Yes, crocodile tears. Because Saul is going to leave here and go and give Mika to someone else to marry. Not only that, he's still going to continue trying to kill David. Then he began to cry. Verse 16, 17 says, And he said to David, You are a better man than I am, for you have repaid me good for evil. Yes, uh, you have been amazingly kind to me today. For when the Lord put me in the place where you could have killed me, you didn't do it. Who else would let his enemies get away when he had, he had him in his power? King Saul. You are actually talking to one. Yes, David will do it. May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me today. And now I realize that you are surely going to be king. Can you imagine what this guy is saying? I don't know whether he's under the power of the Holy Spirit, but imagine what Saul himself is saying. And now I realize that you are surely going to be king and that the kingdom of Israel will flourish under your rule. Wow. Remember, Jonathan was the one who first believed this. I'm sure Jonathan has shared this with his father. But it meant that, yes, right from the scratch, Saul always knew. He knew that, obviously, he knew that Samuel had anointed David as king. (laughs) So he knew, he knew, he knew that, look, this boy was the one that was supposed to take his place. But he's confessing it here. He says, he goes on, now swear to me, to me by the Lord that when that happens, you will not kill my family and destroy my line of descent. So, uh, or my line of descendants. So David promised this to Saul with an oath. With an oath, then, they, then Saul went home, but David and his men went back to their stronghold. So yes, David makes this promise, makes this oath to Saul, but I'm telling you it will be unnecessary okay uh, because uh, it will be quite terrible what will happen to Saul and his children but beyond that you know remember I said that look this was just crocodiles because <laughs> Saul will still continue chasing continue chasing David but I have learned quite a few lessons here today for one from David you know are uh, always learning to call on God whenever he was confronted with things and i think that's where we are going to stop stop today whenever david was confronted with challenges whenever david was confronted with difficult situation david would always pray and that was why god said he was a man after his own heart david would always pray lord what should i do so this morning i want you to just think 
and I want us to begin to pray. Why will I appreciate God for everything He has helped us through all through the year? Why we thank God for the things He has saved us from? I want to begin to pray at this time and ask God: Is there are there things that you want to do? Are there decisions you need to make? Uh, are there other investment that you need to make right now i want to ask god what should i do what should i do maybe someone right now is confronted with a very very difficult decision a decision that might determine you know that the prosperity and and the peace in your home for the next year or two you know i want to ask god this evening lord what should i do what should i do Will you pray this morning? Lord, we ask this morning that, Lord, you will speak to our hearts. You will give us clarity in decision-making in the name of Jesus. Lord, like you helped David, you will help someone this morning. It will become clear. It will become clear what they are supposed to do in the name of Jesus. I pray for someone this morning that that confusion comes to an end in the name of Jesus where there was strife where there was confusion where you didn't know what to do I pray for you this morning there is clarity there is clarity of purpose there is clarity of vision you know exactly what to do in the name of Jesus Father, we thank you. Let your people return with blessings. Let them return with testimonies. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right, thank you for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.